Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. This is Jerry McGee, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. And each uh, first first and the third Tuesdays of each month, from 6 to 8 p.m., we will be teaching live on Overcoming Life's Principles. Basically, the, this, these teachings come out of God teaching me how to overcome certain situations. And I'm still overcoming. And tonight I want to teach on the wonderful name of Jesus, that powerful, wonderful name, the name that's above every name. But before we start, um, I want to say if you want prayer at the end of the teaching, if you'll call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. I'll be happy to pray for you at the end. You can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. I would love to hear from you, and if you've been blessed, I always love to hear a testimony of what God's done that encourages us to keep on pressing on. You know, the older I get, the more I realize the song, Oh, we're Christian Soldiers, and what that means, because we have to live a life of overcoming. Because the promises of God are to the overcomer. I will pray. Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, that name that's above every name. Uh, I come, Lord, asking that you bless your people. I ask you to move upon every heart <clears throat> with the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I ask you to send forth your Holy Spirit into every home, uh, every car, of, of, into every person, Lord, whoever's listening to this message. And, Lord, we thank you for this day. Uh, We thank you that you have given us beautiful days. We just praise your holy name. Lord, I pray tonight that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you. Father, I just loose upon each person who listens the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, the spirit of repentance. I hold the shield of faith up over this program, over myself, over um, Dorothy, over her family, over my family, over every person who's listening in. We thank you that the shield of faith is an impenetrable barrier. And, Lord, we thank you that we might not see it with the human eye, but it's more real than the place where we're sitting. We thank you and praise you, Lord, that you will bring to my remembrance everything you've said. Praise you that your word will go forth like a fire and like a hammer that breaks rock. I pray, Lord, that you give every person a deep understanding of your precious name and what it means as a believer to be able to use the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for that name. We thank you that you are the word of God. We thank you that you uh, even exalt your word over your name, Lord, because your your word is who you are. 
So, Lord, we just give you praise, honor, and glory for what you're going to do tonight. Thank you that we've been raised to sit with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind all retaliation, all black lash, covering of warrior angels over this program, over those who are listening in, over Dorothy and her family, me and my family, everything that concerns us to them bring back on the enemy, every curse and assignment that's sent against us in Jesus' name. We declare the boulders they roll will roll back and crush them. The nets they hide, their own feet will be caught. And the pits they dig, they'll fall in. And, Lord, we want to be reminded to pray for those in authority. We pray, Lord, for our president. Uh, We ask you, God, to just continue. We ask you to give him wisdom in all of his decisions. Lord, we send forth your holy angels to block every attempt to assassinate him, to um, impeach him or to remove him from office. We, we just send your holy angels against every opponent of Donald Trump in the name of Jesus. And we ask you to bless our president. Lord, we thank you that he is uh, doing things and making decisions for the, be- the betterment of this country. And so we give you praise and glory and honor. We bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us. And we send them back on the enemy in Jesus' name. Lord, you said our enemies are not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. In Jesus' name. Well, the message tonight, and I'm going to tell you today, is the 5th of December, 2017. I cannot believe how fast this year has passed. I think this has been the fastest year of my life. Blink your eyes twice, and it's gone. And, you know, time is running out. You know, if you live 10 years, you've only lived 3,650 days. So time's running out. And so we want to use the name of Jesus to carry on his kingdom work. That's why he's given us his power of authority, power of attorney. And someone has said that the name of Jesus in the mouth of a donkey has power. You know, the, the name of Jesus in the mouth of a little child has power. I'm reminded of a precious little boy that attends uh, Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. His, his grandmother is one of the teachers at Lake Hamilton and, um, Uh, She's also a wonderful singer. But anyway, this little boy is seven years old, and he is the most spiritual little boy I've ever known. In fact, after his grandmother taught, she had him up front uh, in the prayer line. People were coming up for prayer, and this little boy was giving them words that was right on target. And it was because he was using the mighty name of Jesus. And so um, even a child can use the name of Jesus because the power is in that name. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and the government's on his shoulders. Praise God. For God has highly exalted Jesus and given him a name that is far above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. At the name of Jesus... Every knee shall bow. That's every every knee in heaven or in earth has to bow at the name of Jesus. His name is above every name that is named on this earth and in the heaven. It's above sickness. It's above disease. It's above demons. It's above Satan. It's above ISIS. It's above the Democrats. It's above the Republicans. It's above the one world order. It's above your bills, uh, your distresses. Everything that goes on in your life, in fact, you can just put your, uh, 
problem there and know that the name of Jesus is over that problem, whatever that problem is. And I and and I just want you to know that that there's power in the name of Jesus. Why is there power in the name of Jesus? Because God said so. His word is forever settled in heaven. He watches over his word to perform it. The Bible says the leaf withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And you know, if you've been like me, you've had maybe just a tiny glimpse of what it means to use the name of Jesus. And, you know, tonight I don't claim to know everything or even have all of the depth of understanding of what the name of Jesus means. But I just want to share tonight what little bit I do know. And the more we comprehend the name of Jesus, the more power that we have to use his name. His word is truth. He watches over his word to perform it. The Bible says his word will not return void. Signs and wonders accompany the teaching of his word. People are set free of demons. They're healed. The sick is healed. Pain leaves. And these are just some of the signs of why there's power in the name of Jesus. In Matthew twelve twenty-one, it says, And in his name the Gentiles will hope. Do you hope in Jesus today or tonight? We are Gentiles. We're not Jews. In court, there may be some Jewish Christians listening in, um, but we are spiritual Jews as believers. And so a Gentile is, is every person that's not a bloodline Jew. In Luke twenty four forty seven, it says, and, and that repentance for forgiveness of sin would be preached and proclaimed in his name. So when we're preaching the gospel, it says repentance, for the forgiveness of sin will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You know, there's a lot of false teachers today that uh, teach that there'll be two-thirds of the world saved in a great revival. God never tells us anything that contradicts his word. The truth is, the Bible says there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. And there's many false teachers out there that have another gospel and another Jesus They don't teach you to live a righteous life. They don't teach repentance. They don't teach the word of God, or they might take one scripture and take it out of context. So you know you're listening to a false teacher if they're not preaching repentance, proclaiming in his name repentance. Recently, I prayed for a dear lady in Pennsylvania when I was at the Pennsylvania meeting, and she was uh, 75% healed in her body of pain. And then later on, I prayed for her again, and she was completely healed. And then she emailed me, and she said, "Um, I lost my healing. I went to a Heidi Baker meeting, and I lost my healing. And I told her she wanted to know what she should do. And I said, well, renounce the teaching of Heidi Baker. uh, Break soul ties with anyone who laid hands on you because it's a false gospel. It's another gospel, and it's another Jesus. The spirit of drunkenness that's on this lady, and I I want you to know if you love Heidi Baker, I'm not saying she doesn't love Jesus, and I'm not trying to talk against her as a person, but what's coming out of her mouth is a false doctrine. Anyway, a a few days later, the lady emailed me back, and she said, I did what you said, and I got my healing back. And she's not the only one out there. You can know a false prophet. You can know false teaching when they're not teaching repentance. They're not proclaiming the name of Jesus. 
to teach man to repent. Every prophet in the word of God teaches repentance, for repentance and for the forgiveness of sin. In John 2:23, it says, Now when he, Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name. Otherwise, observing the, his signs, which he was doing, but he was not giving himself to them because he knew all men's hearts. And so about 90% of people who call themselves Christians, they believed in Jesus, but he didn't give himself to them because he knew their heart. You know, if we don't have a heart that's willing to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus, we don't get born again. But when we're born again, and, and that means to be changed by the power of his might, everything about us changes. We're still a work in progress. We're certainly not perfect, but we have a heart to please God. And if you have uh, have received Jesus as your Savior and your life is still um, living after your flesh and not living for the glory of God, then you need to check out your salvation. In John 20, verse 31, it says, but, but these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that in believing you may have life in his name. And so the question I want to ask you is, do you have life in his name? The scripture says that he's come to give us the abundant life. And so are you living the abundant life? If you're not, there's something wrong. And you need to ask God what the problem is because God wants us to live a a happy, fulfilled, abundant life. Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name. And so by definition, the power of attorney means that you appoint someone to act on in your behalf, in your name, um, to to uh, carry out your wishes according to the restrictions that you impose. And Jesus has empowered his followers to act in his name, to do certain specific deeds, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. In fact, it says in, in Mark 16, These signs will follow those that believe. They will cast out devils, speak in new tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. If you do something in Jesus' name, it means that you do it with the authority that he's given you and not your own authority, and you act within the limits of your authorization, whatever those limits might be. You act as his agent instead rather than acting on your own behalf. You act for his credit and not for for your own benefit. You have no benefit, as a matter of fact, from from doing this except for his to have his thanks and to uh, be rewarded any way he chooses to reward you. And no one would give another person the free use of his name without first being assured that his uh, assets were safe, that his name was safe, that uh, they were sincere that they would carry out the will of the person who gave them the power of attorney. If you and I would give the power of attorney to anyone, if we were wise, we would make sure that they be honest, faithful, trustworthy, have my best interest at heart, not do my own, not do their own will, but be willing to carry out my own, to be impeccable and flawless in character, to be truthful, willing to give up their will to accomplish my will, loyal, faithful, 
Jesus would have to be Lord over their lives. Not only willing, uh, these people would have to not only be willing to carry out my desires, but they'd need to know what they are. And so if I'm going to carry out the name of Jesus, I need to know what his word says. And I want to just tell you, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, you'll never overcome till you become a person that is in his word. And you need to read his word daily and apply it, meditate on it, obey it. In fact, the greatest deliverance that I get is when I hear the word of God, I repent over the word. And, you you know, deliverance is just James 4, 7, give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. To have the power of attorney, it would mean that my honor would be safe in their hands, that I could totally trust them. Not just someone who said that I'm a believer, but someone who actually has been born again. In John 1, 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to those who believe in his name. His name is above every other name. His word is truth. He watches over his word to perform it. We have hope in his name. For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to those who believe in his name. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they will become, but they have the power to become because the seed of the word of God has been planted in their heart. And it's something that we have to walk out. Uh, the Bible says that we are to count our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, salvation is a free gift. But the way we walk proves what we're walking after. If we say we love Jesus, Jesus said, if you say you love me, you're, you're going to have to keep my commandments. Now, that's not in a legalistic way because I, li- I guess I like to explain it this way. God's the potter and we're the clay. The the potter does all the work. The clay only does one thing, and that's to yield to the potter. You know, a person that's legalistic or performance-oriented, they try to turn the potter's wheel. They try to do it themselves, and it just wears them out. They're in rebellion. They may not want to be in rebellion, but they, because they were trained up to be performance-oriented, they think they have to do it themselves when, when that's, rebellion and God wants us just to yield to him to come under his control with all the junk and the mess in our life our part is to yield to the potter and God's part is to change us you know in olden days they would have to dig clay out of the ground and they'd have to take out the rocks and the sticks and the roots nowadays modern clay is already perfected but our clay is full of junk And if we yield to the potter, then the potter can take the junk out. And so yielded to him means I surrender my life to him. It means that I come under his control. And that's what it means to be holy as he's holy and perfect as he's perfect. In the Old Testament, God wouldn't take a sacrifice if it was lame or if it had a blemish. It had to have a perfect sacrifice. Well, God tells us to present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice. Well, I've got a problem, and so do you. I am blemished and flawed, and so are you. But when I get on God's altar, he spills out the blood that was spilled out with perfect blood, and God looks down and sees that perfect blood, 
He doesn't see your mess. He sees a heart that wants to please him. And that's what it means. You know, uh, deliverance and, and sanctification is a process that takes a lifetime. You fall off the potter's wheel, confess your sin, tell God you're sorry, and get back on, and you'll fall off less and less and less. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. That's what it means to be holy as he's holy. Because when God looks down and sees the blood he's spilled out, that is spilled out, spilled out for you. That is how you are holy as he's holy and righteous as you are righteous. And so many people believe in Jesus. They believe in his name. Well, so do the devil and so does his demon. But Jesus doesn't give himself to them or us if, if our hearts are not pure toward him, are not willing to be pure. And so being born, being born again uh, as a believer, it qualifies us to use the name of Jesus for the lost people or whoever God sends our way. Jesus solemnly gives authority to use his name for all of his kingdom business, and he gives us that authority as his servants. It means I have the legal right to use his name. Uh, I can use his name with confidence that whatever I ask in his name, he'll do it. I have a general and unlimited power according to his directions, according to his word. Using his name is to be used at all times for everything I need. He promises to meet all my needs. In fact, the Lord likes us to pray and ask him about everything because he's got a plan. The older I live, the more I see that God already has his plans and purposes already worked out for me, and I fret and stew less and less. In earlier years, I would fret and stew over things, and now when something comes up, I just know God's got a better plan, and I can let it go. To have the authority to use Jesus' name It means that the free use of someone else's name is always a token of great confidence and close communion with him. And someone who gives his name to another person stands aside so that person can act for him. And so Jesus, when he went to heaven, he left the Holy Spirit as a gift to believers. And he said, greater signs, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Someone who takes the name of, of another gives up his own name as, no, as of no value. And when I go in the name of another, I deny myself. Jesus said, if any man's going to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so when the Lord Jesus went to heaven, he left his, the work of his kingdom business in the hands of his servants. Wouldn't you hate to stand before the Lord and have him say, Jerry, or whatever your name is, or Dorothy, you never told one person about me. You never led one person to me. You know, the purpose of our creation is not to live this life down here as that, like this is all it is. It's to, to prepare us for eternity. Overcomers are the ones that the promises of God go to. If you, if you didn't have something to overcome, you couldn't be an overcomer. But praise God, his name is the name that's above every name. And through his name and the blood he shed at Calvary, we overcome. He gives all of us everything we need, and he supplies us with everything we need to fulfill his plan. 
Christ's servants have the spiritual power to use the name of Jesus only insofar as we yield our lives to him. To use the name of Jesus always supposes the surrender of our interest to him when we represent his name. In his name, I have power with God and with demons and with Satan and with power over the demons in men and women. In Christ, I have possession of everything belonging to him. I have taken his name as my own. As I use the name of Jesus, it takes the place of supremacy in my heart and in my life. As I use the name of Jesus, the treasures and powers of spirit of the spiritual world are at my disposal to help me help those that God sends my way. And with this responsibility, living a life of holiness is no option. Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I've given you disciples authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means injure you. Now, a disciple is a disciplined one, one who lets God correct his mistakes, one who goes to God when he makes a mistake and asks God to show him how he can correct it. But a disciple is a person that is a disciplined one. Jesus said, you'll know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. It says in John 15, bear fruit and so prove to be my disciple. In John 15, he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you that you might go and bear fruit. In that same passage, God says that if we don't bear fruit, we're cut off and burned and thrown in the fire and gathered, of course, and thrown in the fire, cut off. And it's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, control. And so how, how do I do the greater works that Jesus did? First of all, I have to walk in submission to, under his lordship. I have to be willing to walk in the spirit, which is just be on the potter's wheel. And God will make the opportunities for you to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. You know, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you have a testimony for every person that comes across your path. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians that we, I believe it's chapter 1, that we go through things that we can help other people that go through the same thing. In John 14, 13, it says, And whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, which means in my nature, and with God all things are are possible according to their nature. Asking in Christ's name as we bear the name before men, we have the power to use it before God. You know, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Now, the verse that I just read in John 14, 13 is regarding prayer. Now, the verse I'm getting ready to read is John 16, 23, and it has, to, it has to do with demanding, not of God, not of Jesus. And, of course, Jesus and God are the same, not to demand of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're three in one. It's not to demand of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, but it is to to demand a person's body or your own body or to demand the, the demons to leave. In John sixteen twenty three, it says, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to, to you. 
Now, when we pray, we're not to pray to Jesus because it says we're to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. So it's erroneous to pray to Jesus. John sixteen twenty four says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy will be full. Now, in this verse, it means to demand. Peter, and, for example, a good example was Peter and John when they went into the temple and there was a man out at the gate, beautiful, that was sitting at the gate. He was requesting alms and uh, begging alms. And Peter and uh, John approached him and he fastened his gate, his eyes on him and and he said, gold and silver have I none, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. So that was a demand. That's what this scripture in John 16 means, to demand. He demanded the man to walk. Silver and gold he didn't have, but he did have the name of Jesus, that name that's above every name. And after, you know, after the man was healed, the Bible says that he, wa- he, he was walking and leaping and praising God, and people were amazed, and they began to glorify Peter and John. And Peter answered in Acts 3.16. It says, and on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all now I want to read I just want to read that whole passage to you in Acts 3 uh, verse 1 now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour of prayer and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along whom they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful in order to beg alms of those who were went, were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John going, ab- going about into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, and Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. Now, when I was studying this, why did he fix his gaze? On this man and said look at us Well one of the scriptures that came To my mind is in Proverbs 20 Verse 8 it says the king And of course you and I as believers In the Lord Jesus are kings and priests It says the king who sits on the Throne of justice Disperses all evil with his eyes Could this be one of the reasons Why the enemy is trying to blind us Or put our eyes out Praise God. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that can understand so that we can turn and be healed. Acts 3, 5 says, And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So you see this was a demand so, and, you, and, of course, you can use um, the scripture. You can use this for prayer, but it's meaning to demand. So Peter was demanding the man's body to rise and walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up 
and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood up right and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, he had a testimony, wouldn't you say? And all the people saw him. People were amazed. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant. Jesus, the one in whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him but you disown the holy and righteous one and ask for a murderer to be granted to you but you put to death the prince of life here he's called the prince of life the one whom god raised from the dead a fact which you were witnesses and on the basis of faith in his name It is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshment might come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you. You know, times of refreshment come. You feel worn out. You feel exhausted. You know, the Bible says times of refreshment come when there's repentance. And if you are listening and you've never done this, I think it's good to make a sin list and ask the Holy Spirit to show you everything that you haven't confessed and go back and confess it all and you'll receive a great deliverance. You know, we're caretakers of our body. The scripture says in James chapter 3 that if we can control our tongue, we can control our whole body. And if we have sickness or pain in our body or adverse circumstances, we need to speak to these things and demand them to leave. And your body is the house where you live in, where your personal spirit lives, where the Holy Spirit lives, your temple of the Holy Spirit and we're to rule our bodies is not let our bodies rule us most of my life and I can say I'm not totally delivered yet but I'm working on it that my body does not control me but I want to rule my body Paul said I buffet my body and make it a slave he said I die daily and every man that strives for mastery is temperate in all things now They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. Therefore, so run, I run, not as with uncertainty, so I fight, not as one who's just beating the air. Under my body, I keep my body under subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself will be a castaway. Fleshly people are ruled by their flesh and by their bodies. And God wants us to rule our own bodies. Paul said, I die daily. 
you might say, you know, that was Paul. You know, he was some superhuman, uh, godly person. That was just Paul. But, you know, Paul wasn't any more saved than you and I who are born again. He had no more power than we have. We have the name of Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth, uh, I like this story I heard about him. Someone asked Smith Wigglesworth, how is Smith Wigglesworth today? And he replied, I I never ask Smith how he's doing. I tell him how he feels. And that's ruling his own body. Using the name of Jesus, taking authority and dominion over everything in the name of Jesus. Romans 12, 1 says, Wherefore I beseech you, brethren, to present your bodies unto God as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might... um, Let's see, I'm trying to think of the rest. That you might, has to do with doing the perfect will of God. I forgot what the word says. But it's in Romans 12, 1. And so you're to rule your body. And when you have pain or sickness or disease or something in your body, you're to demand it to go. And if it doesn't go, well, what if it doesn't go? How many times have you and I, Use the name of Jesus, pray the prayer, ask anything in my name, and then nothing happens. Well, it's not God's fault. His word is true. It has to do with our unbelief. In Mark 11, Jesus said, you can say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And if you don't doubt in your heart, you can have what you say. Our problem is we doubt and we say the doubt. We speak the negative rather than to say what God's word says. And that's something that has to maybe come with deliverance. I remember in 2008 when I was diagnosed with a certain problem, I 90% believed that God would not heal me, and I 10% believed that he would heal me. And after, since 2008, as I've been repenting and asking God to show me things and repenting, dealing with it, dealing with it, I can tell you that now my doubt, now I 95% believe I'm going to be healed. And 5% believe that I won't be. And see, as you continue to repent and clear and get your conscience clear, you have faith and trust in God. 1 John 3.21 says, if, you, if your conscience is clear, you have confidence before God. And that means faith and trust in God. And it means freedom of speech. Uh, faith and trust in God has to do with what I've just been talking about, being able to believe God. It's because of our unbelief that we don't see miracles and signs and wonders happen. It's because of our unbelief. That's not God's fault. He says all things are possible to those who believe. So keep working on your conscience. Keep on asking the Lord as I have, Lord, where did this doubt come from? And begin to repent. A lot of times it comes in, in fact, most of the time, comes into the generational iniquities of the forefathers also comes in in the womb when we're still in the womb babies can feel in the womb they can they can uh experience whatever the parents are experiencing unbelief and doubt can come in negativity can come in and so we have the right to use the name of jesus not demanding of god or jesus but demanding the demons and and speaking to our bodies because As James 3 says, we can control our bodies if we can control our tongue. And if it doesn't work, we've been talking about 
what if it doesn't work? Well, it doesn't. If it doesn't work, it's not God's fault. It's unbelief. And Mark, in that scriptures in Mark eleven, speak to the mountain, and when we make negative confessions, it's because that's what we really believe. You know, down in your heart is a spiritual garden. The Bible talks about it being the treasure out of a good treasure a man brings forth good and out of an evil treasure he brings forth what's evil so there's lots of stuff down in our heart a lot of unbelief and doubt because of the generational iniquities of forefathers because of what we've experienced as children in the womb and growing up how we were trained up and so god wants us to have a clear conscience because a clear conscience brings about faith i remember when i was pastoring a church years ago i got a crick in my back and I had people pray for me at church, and this little voice said, well, you're not healed. And, you know, if you, you ask God for healing or somebody prays for you for healing, and you hear this little voice say, you're not healed. Well, you're not because, see, that's unbelief and doubt. And so I kept thinking that the, the, um, the creek would work out, and so I just, you know, kept on all week, and finally it still was there. So that next Sunday before I was to preach, I pulled up all the scriptures on back on the computer, and I repented. I think it was 300 of them. I repented of all of them. And the one, you know, there's backsliding. There's turning your back on God. There's making your back a sidewalk. There's people backstabbing you. could be reasons. But the one that really spoke to my heart was, in the mouth of a fool is a rod for his back. And, of course, if you've been like me, I've had mouth problems, and praise God he's delivering me not delivered yet i won't be delivered till i enter eternity but i'm much better than i used to be i used to go out to lunch with somebody and come back talk so much and come back and i'd have a condemnation all over me that doesn't happen anymore i don't talk as much as i used to but i still talk too much so god's working all that out of me but we want to have a clear conscience because you cannot manufacture faith you cannot uh, drum it up you cannot just will, I'm going to have faith. The scripture says that faith is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so faith comes as a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is the character and nature of Jesus. And as we die to our life, then faith is a gift. But back to my story of when I was, when I'd repented over all the scriptures on back scriptures, then I was dressing after that, after I repented over all those 300 scriptures on back, still had a crick in my back. And as I was dressing and looking in the mirror, I heard you're healed. And my spirit man went, yes, I knew it. I still had a crick in my back. Didn't have one doubt. The faith was there. It was a gift. And when I got to church, the crick was gone. And so that's how God taught me about a clear conscience. I cleared my conscience to repenting over those scriptures. And I encourage you, whatever your problem is, if you think, well, I've repented of everything I know to repent of, if there's a body part, look it up and repent of the scriptures. You'll be amazed at what you see. If there's a spiritual root to everything you go through. So when you rebuke it and bind it and it doesn't go away, or if you try to take your thoughts captive and it just keeps coming back, it's coming out of the heart because evil thoughts come out of the heart. Evil negative words come out of the heart. So you've got to find out what's in your heart 
deal with it, and then repent of your sin. If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so those of you who are listening in, what I want to do is I want to pray for you and do some deliverance. Um, and so if, you're, if you are listening, if you will pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, if you've never been born again, if you've never been willing to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow the Lord. If you have unbelief and doubt, ask God to forgive you. Ask God to show you what it is in your conscience that needs to be cleansed, purified. Ask God to show you if you've received Jesus as Savior, but your life's never changed. Tell the Lord you want to be born again, that you're willing to repent of your sin, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray with me, those of you who are listening, I present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will that your will might prevail. I surrender to you. I take my junky clay and I get on your potter's wheel. Forgive me for trying to turn the potter's wheel. Forgive me for trying to do it myself. I forgive my mother, father for everything they said and did when I was in the womb that made me feel like I was a mistake. I forgive them for their negativity. I forgive them for the sins they committed when I was in the womb. I forgive them for everything I heard them or my grandparents say. Forgive me, Lord, for being frivolous with your name and not believing that there's power in your name. Thank you, Lord, that your word is forever settled in heaven. You watch over your word to perform it. The leaf withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall abide forever. Lord, forgive me for not giving up my will. I I choose to let go of my life that I might find it. I choose to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Lord, my cross is every place my will crosses your will. Lord, forgive me for being unfaithful, untrustworthy, dishonest. God, forgive me for not having your best interest at heart. Forgive me, Lord, for not having a flawless and for lying, not being loyal. Forgive me for being addicted, not being willing to give up my life. Lord, forgive me for uh, just saying I love you, but, Lord, my actions prove I don't. For, Lord, you said if I I love you, I'll keep your commandments. Forgive me for breaking your commandments. Forgive, Forgive me for not being willing to carry out your desires. Forgive me, Lord, for not carrying out your kingdom work. Thank you that you've given me the power to become a son of God. Forgive me for not working out my salvation with fear and trembling. God, forgive me for not having a true and honest heart. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to transform me by your mighty power. In the name of Jesus, forgive me for fear, doubt, unbelief. Worry, anxiety, tension, discouragement. Forgive me for not looking uh, for spiritual roots to problems. Forgive me for not asking you. I forgive my parents that I couldn't ask them anything. They wouldn't give me legitimate answers. Forgive me for dishonoring my mother and father. Forgive me for my rebellion, my resentment, my bitterness. Lord, I forgive every person that's hurt me or wounded me. Lord, I even forgive you. You're nothing like my parents. Forgive me for believing a lie about you. 
Lord, I yield to you. I yield to you, the potter. Lord, from this day forward, I'm your problem. I get on the potter's wheel, and, Lord, I repent of everything I know, and there's much that I don't know. And so, Lord, what I don't know, I'm trusting you to show me. Thank you that I'm confident of this very thing, that you who have begun a good work in me will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in my life. Thank you, Lord, for giving me ears to hear. Lord, dig out, excavate, and irrigate their ears in Jesus' name. Now, in the name of Jesus, I come against unbelief and doubt. I come against worry, fear, unbelief in the name of Jesus. I come against defilement of heart, uncleanness. I come against bitterness, resentment, anger, hostility, depression, discouragement, despair, hopelessness. I command you out of each person who's prayed with me in the name of Jesus. I command you out in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, every spirit that's blocking us from using the name of Jesus, every spirit that tells us we're unworthy to use it, we're not good enough, well, none of us are, Lord. We thank you that you have given us the gift of salvation, and it's your job to fix us. And thank you, Lord, we submit to you, and we thank you that you will fix fix us, and that when we enter eternity, we'll be perfected. We thank you and praise you, Lord. We ask that you be glorified in our lives. Fill us with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. I bind any demons that are blocking us from using the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit that hinders our understanding, comprehension, and retention of the word of God. I take down every demonic wall in the name of Jesus. And I just praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do. I command negativity to go. I break your power of negative confessions. I command the spirit of death to go, leave now in Jesus' name. I command sorcery, magic, witchcraft, go divination. I command you to leave now in the name of Jesus. Hatred, variant, strife, emulation, I command command you to go. Unforgiveness, torture, torment, I break your power in the name of Jesus. Haughtiness, pride, arrogance, boastfulness, go now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of Leviathan in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. The word spirit means breath. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, move upon every person to set them free from every chain that binds them, from everything that hinders them from understanding your powerful name. Thank you for the name of Jesus, that name that is above every name. Thank you that you spoil principalities and powers, making an open show of them, triumphing over them at the cross. In Jesus' name, praise you, Lord. Now, Lord, fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, self-control. If you want prayer, call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. And uh, you can go into my website, jerrymcgee.com. It's being worked on right now. If you go into it, and it's all little case, not no capitals in that g-e-r-i-m-c-g-h-e-e dot com and if you have problems getting there please email me we're still working on it and it's it's a new website and we're real thankful for it we've had a precious man in budapest put it together for us and again we we meet on the first and the 
third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. If you'll sign up for my email, I'm also on Omega Man Radio um, twice a month. And so if you'll sign up for email, we'll also send out little daily thoughts of encouragement. We don't send them out every day, but they're called daily. (laughs) I'll just say, I don't know why I call them. They started out daily, but now I don't have a chance to do them every day. But they're little words of wisdom that will help you grow in the Lord. And if you want a seminar or meeting planned in your area, you can contact me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. I encourage you to uh, order a book called um, Drunkenness, Is It a Blessing or Curse? Basically, it exposes the era in the church today. And I, in, through, in this book, I go through every every scripture on drunk, drunken, drunkenness, sober, alert. And there's not one scripture that tells you that a spirit of drunkenness is of the Lord. In fact, it's really a judgment from God on the person that's living, committing spiritual adultery against the bridegroom Jesus. Also, another little booklet called Clearing the Land. And that book is in, uh, I've been told it's in Russian. I've never seen it. Someone asked years ago if they could do it in Russian, and they were going to send me a copy, and they never did. But it's also in Spanish. And in English, you can order it from us. But you can order it on our website. And and in that book, it lists, lists all the Bible curses. It lists prayers to pray, things to renounce. And you can actually get deliverance just uh, reading the book and, and repenting over the sins that are listed in the book and breaking the curses that are in the book. Also, I have a Duncanville meeting the first Saturday of each month. The next one is January the 6th, 2018. It's in Duncanville, Texas, and if you sign up, I'll send you a flyer that will give you directions to the meeting. And it meets from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and it's free to attend. We take up a love offering to help us with our expenses. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp December the 28th through December the 31st, 2018. Also, Howard Pittman will be there. Uh, Some other teachers, uh, Callie and and Randy Ritchie and Nikki Pinson will be there. We have prayer teams that pray for people with deliverance every morning. I tell people if you attend Lake Hamilton Bible Camp next year, you won't even know yourself. It's been such a blessing watching people change i've been going there for 20 years teaching there every holiday and every time i go home i'm different i thank god that through deliverance you can change from glory to glory and go to strength and glory to glory i thank the lord for the strength that he's given me it's by his grace in march 8 through 10 i'll be at the spiritual warfare conference in beaumont and you can go to spiritualwarfare.com and uh, get information on that. I'll, I'll give you more information next time I come to teach. But you can find um, our schedule. You can actually, there's deliverance, there's um, videos you can listen to or CDs you can listen to, and they're free to listen to. There's articles that you can uh, read for free, uh, print them out. Also, there's books that I've written on. Grief and some other little books you can order. 
And if and if we've been a blessing to you, you can also give a gift through going to the website. There's a place where you can send a gift through PayPal. We just appreciate any gift that you could give. Also, the lady that program, you can send a gift to her through dchurchy1 at hotmail.com. And that's D for Dorothy, church with a Y at hotmail.com. And there's a number one in there, dchurchy1 at hotmail.com. And so if there's not anyone calling in for prayer, we'll close and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you great peace. 